Good morning, Edge Church. Guys, could you just sit in that worship for like another hour and a half? Wouldn't that just be awesome? I was, I was backstage and I'm like jumping around and singing and guys, it is, that is such a blessing. Worship is such a blessing, such a huge blessing. Guys, if I'm being really honest with you, if it took, if it took a huge leap of faith to believe in the God of the Bible, I am pretty sure that I wouldn't have the ability to take that leap. Can anybody else say that? If it took a huge leap of faith, I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't be able to make it. Pretty sure. I've got a naturally skeptical mind. Anybody else? Um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because like growing up, you hear things like this. Don't believe everything you read, right? Now, of course, it's typically talking about things in the news and, and, and maybe, maybe a book that someone wrote. But uh, th- those things, like, I, I just naturally am, am skeptical. I love people, and I'm skeptical at the same time. So for me, um, every now and then I'll hear people say things like, they would believe in God, but they just can't take that leap of faith. Have you, have you heard that before? I, you know, I, I, I might be able to believe in God, but I can't take this leap of faith. And, and the good news is that there is absolutely nothing that's blind about the faith that God calls us to have as we believe in his son. Amen? There's nothing blind about it. Now you're like, wait a second, but I don't see Jesus. Okay, so that's blind right? But it's not the blindness as if you don't have any information. We've been given a whole lot of information and a whole lot of experiences, and there's nothing blind about the faith that God calls us to have as we love Jesus. Isn't that good news for those of you who like to think, right? Are you guys here with me today? Because I need some feedback. I'm feeling a little needy today, so give me a little more feedback than this if you're with me, if you hear me. It's hard to take the leap. Yes, Um, but I would contend that it's not actually a big leap that you have to take. God has given us this information. Um, God is is a a, a God of reason. He's a God of thinking, not just a God of the heart, okay? So you actually don't have to take a huge leap to become a follower of Jesus, and that's really good news for skeptics like me. God has has called us to have an informed and reasoned faith. He's given us the Bible. And and, and maybe maybe some of you are kind of new to this whole Christian thing, and you're not quite sure exactly what the Bible is. It's 66 books, so it's not just one book. It's actually 66 books all put together, written by 40 different authors. This was not just like a couple of guys that got together and said, I've got a great idea of how to exert mind control over the masses, right? This is not what Karl Marx called the opiate of the masses. That's not what this religion is. Amen? Right? That's good news. It's real stuff. It's 66 books. It's 40 authors written over 1,500 years, and and the entire collection of books all has the same theme that points to the reality that God loves us in spite of ourselves, and he closed the gap between, between us and him, because the gap that we created. Sometimes we think, man, where is God? Where, where did God go? And the, the real question is, where did we go, right? We're the ones that wander from him. We're the ones that aren't faithful to him. He's always faithful to us. 
He loves us in spite of ourselves. And he went to the greatest length possible by giving his son for us, for our sins, so that we could come back home to the Father. This is an informed and reasonable, reasoned faith. Why is all this information important? Because one of the things that Jesus said to us is that um, God wants us to love him with our minds. How many of you guys know that the mind is a complicated thing? It's a terrible thing to waste. It's a complicated thing. Um, and, and, and spending our lives thinking about things that we shouldn't, that takes us to directions that we actually didn't want to go is not a good thing. So the mind is incredibly important. Jesus knew that he made the mind and he said, I want you to love me with your minds. God knows how vulnerable we are to outside um, influences in the spiritual realm and, and just the people sitting around you. Like we are so susceptible to believing things that other people tell us that we need to believe, whether it's about ourselves. Think about the thing that you think when you were growing up. You had this moment where you realized that, that you are just like this. You know, there's some characteristic that you have. You know, maybe someone told you when you were growing up, well, you're the, you're the, you're the smart one in the family. So anytime you get less than an A+, you have this weird thing going on inside you, like you actually aren't worth anything because you didn't get an A+, you got an A- this time. Or, oh, you're the athletic one. So when you don't score touchdowns in the game, you have this feeling inside, like I have failed my identity. How many of you guys have things that have gone into your mind that have led you to dark places because you are wrapped up in that as your identity because someone's told you that's who you are, Right? We all have these things. We're vulnerable to these attacks. So God gave us his word. The, the, the word is the Bible. 66 books together, written over 1,500 years by 40 authors. This is important stuff to fill our minds with. And it's not just a book. He gave us his spirit to come alongside us as we read it, to guide us as we do it. Isn't that awesome? The last couple days, um, my sister-in-law uh, did a post on Instagram. She, she put it on her story. Um, she said, hey, I, I'm, I just started this brand new Bible reading plan. And it, it's actually, uh, it's the, I think it's the Bible Project. And the app for it is called Read Scripture. I highly encourage you, if you have a hard time getting into Scripture, if you have a hard time figuring out where to go, because you don't want to just do the, the open up and point and hope that it applies to your life kind of, kind of approach. You actually want to have a, a systematic approach to, to studying what Scripture, the whole of Scripture has for you. I encourage you to get it. The app, again, you can get your phone out right now if you want this app. Read Scripture is the name of the app, and it's the Bible Project. I started it yesterday. I'd love to hear from you if you are doing that, to fill your minds with what is true. Guys, the last four weeks, we've talked a whole lot about the mind. In the first week, Steve gave us an overview uh, of what it means to love God with our minds. And it really came down to this, that, that we're called to seek to know God with our minds. And I love the example that Steve used because we can all relate to it because we all have relationships. Whether or not you're married, you have people that you're in relationship with. And, and I love what Steve said. He said, hey, I would never go to my, I would never tell everybody that I love my wife. And then when people ask me why I love her, I couldn't actually give any reasons why I love her. I just, I just love her. I love, I love that because we never say that about people. But there are a whole lot of people who claim to be Christians who don't ever 
know really anything about what God has to say. So there's a disconnect between what we say and what we're doing. So the second thing that he said was to, to think godly thoughts. You know, that's, that's, that's loving God with our mind because our thoughts shape our lives as we're transformed into the image of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, it says, Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Amen, right? It says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Amazing. Beautiful. And, and, and the last point that Steve shared in that first message is that we choose to use our minds fully for the glory of God. The second week, I, I talked about this, that, that we can't incline our minds towards loving God on our own. It's impossible to try to will yourself to love God unless you've had a change of mind and you've received his spirit. So you've, re, you've repented, you're walking a new way, his spirit is with you. You can only walk with God if God is with you. I know that sounds so strange, it sounds circular, but he sends his spirit with us to enable us to do it. We can't do it by ourselves, but through the work of the Father. And then we stay connected with Jesus as we are being transformed into his image, like 2 Corinthians says. Uh, The third week, Steve talked about uh, winning the battle of the mind. All these things, all these things that inundate our minds. We have have a battle, and and we need to stand up and fight against it. And and the thing that really stuck out to me in that message is that, that we're not supposed to believe everything that we think, right? And and didn't you automatically think of things that you believe just because you've thought it? And because you thought it, you thought it must be true? Not everything you think is true, so you need to filter it through Jesus. And then Brandy talked about having peace of mind, and and that's so elusive, right? Peace of mind is this crazy thing that we have measures of it, and and then it goes away, and then it comes back, and we think it's going to stay, and it sort of feels elusive. But she talked about the reality that, that biblical peace is not about doing anything for it, but actually receiving what Jesus already did for us. So we know, guys, this is a whole lot to take in. And just like a month ago, um, we're going to hit the pause button today on on this series because we don't want to just give you information and and, and then leave you with uh, just a a whole lot of thoughts. But we want to make space for you to process and digest this information. So today is going to be an experiential type of worship like we did last month. So you guys are all going to participate in the culmination of this series. And I'm excited about that. I hope you are too. It's nothing to be afraid of. If you're, if you're new here, we, we want you to be comfortable. We really do. We don't want to push you to, to participate. We're not going to do anything weird, number one. It's not going to be weird. It'll be a little more interactive, but it's not going to be weird. No one's going to, no one's going to try to get you to do something that makes you feel kind of weirded out. Um, Christians are different, but we're not called to be strange, so don't, don't panic. Don't panic about it. I just want to let you know a couple of things. We have people that are going to be ready to pray for you today. We have prayer ministers. Um, all you have to do is find people that have a badge. 
yes, this, <laughs> you're like, I see people with badges, but I'm not sure it's the right one. It says prayer, a prayer badge. Anybody that you see wearing one of these today is ready to pray for you at any point of our gathering. You don't have to wait for a specific time. If there's something that is weighing on your mind, you can get up right now and you can ask them for prayer. You can also pray with people right there in the seats with you. There, there's absolutely um, absolute freedom for you to do what you need to do today to connect with the people that you need to connect with, okay? So here's the prayer badge. Here's the other thing that we want you to know. For this entire service, you're being prayed over right now. You're being prayed over this entire service. We have people that are praying specifically for your freedom in your mind, okay? So if you sense something where you're just like, man, I just, there's something going on up here, and that's a good thing, by the way. There's just something going on. I feel like God is, there, there's something. I, I just feel like something's happening. Well, it is because you're being prayed for specifically for freedom in your mind. Isn't that awesome that you have people that are actually contending for you right now, for your freedom? So if something is binding up your mind, just know that you're being prayed for right now. And we're in this together. So we focused a lot on our minds. But what about God's thoughts. Do you ever stop and wonder what God's thoughts are towards you? Do you ever wonder what he thinks about you? As you sit here today, do you think, I, what's God's heart? What, what does he think about me today? Well, we're going to read a passage. This is going to be the focus of our day. We're going to read a passage today. And I'd love it if you'd stand up. We're going to actually read this on the screen together. Psalm 139. You can read on the screen. You can read. Um, we ask you to bring Bibles, your reset journals. If you have a, a Bible app on your phone, you can get that out too. But I just want us, there is something that I believe is powerful when the church all together reads God's word back to him. So we're going to all do that together, and it's probably going to be at, at weird paces, and don't judge people if they're fast readers or slow readers. But I'm going to start. You guys just join in. Let's just raise our voices together as we read God's word written by King David. Psalm 139, it says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. 
for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You guys may be seated. Thank you for reading that with me. So we have some questions for you to consider today. I'm just going to read through them slowly. I believe they'll be up on the screen as well. Here's the first question. You might want to write this down um, um, or, or take notes in your phone. What does this teach me about who God is? That whole passage, what does this teach me about who God is, what he's like, and what he thinks about? So what does this teach me about who God is? What does this teach me about what God's like? And what does this teach me about what God thinks about? The second question is, what does this teach me about who I am in God's sight? What does this teach me about who I am in God's sight? In verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I think we probably have more anxiety in the United States in 2019 than we've ever had anxiety in all of the history of our country more people on anxiety medications that I just want to say I think you should take more or what's going on here because it doesn't seem like all of these medications are doing all the things that people need because people are really anxious and I'm someone who's very much not against medication I think God is a God who uses all sorts of things to heal us but why do we have more anxiety So first, I want to challenge you to ask God to reveal to you your anxious thoughts. And then ask him if there's anything in you that's offensive to him. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It doesn't mean he's mad at you. He's not. But he wants to align your thoughts with his. 
So ask God to reveal to you your anxious thoughts. And if there are any offensive ways in you today. And the last question that we have for you is this. In light of your anxious thoughts and what you're, you're already getting from Psalm 139, the passage we just read, who is God in your impossible situation? We have anxious thoughts because we feel out of control. We have anxious thoughts because we feel, we think we're not good enough. We have anxious thoughts because we believe things that have been told to us over periods of time. But in light of your anxious thoughts and what you're getting from Psalm 139, who is God in your impossible situation? Who is God in in the situation that's causing you to have these anxious thoughts? We're going to give you about 10 minutes to really sit. You can sit, you can journal, you can be alone, you can be with people. But we just encourage you to use your mind today See what God says about who he is and about who you are and what his thoughts are towards you. You guys know that next week is Easter. It's an incredible, incredible holiday, isn't it? I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It talks about what's most important. Paul said, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. What we believe in our minds, what we think about matters. So this is the true gospel. It says, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, although some have died. I think some of you probably are wondering here today, but what is God going to do in me? You believe enough to believe that he brought Jesus back from the grave, but do you believe he has anything for you today? And the gospel that we believe is bigger than just an event. It's a continuation. It's present and it's powerful. And God wants to do that in you today too. Paul continued. He says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. More than that, We are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. 
And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Okay, here's the truth though. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of all those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. So many of us need hope to believe that God is going to do it again. He's gonna do something powerful in our lives. We might've seen it in the past. You believe that Jesus raised from the dead, but you're not sure that he has any power for you today. I understand that fear, that concern, because life is loud and we're surrounded by things that seek to defeat us. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And the power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power we all have access to today, today. Before we sing our final worship song together, I wanna read, um, I wanna read some of the lyrics because I don't know about you, but so often when we sing songs, I can be so used to the songs that we sing that I'm not really engaging my mind. But the challenge to you today is to, to, to take in these lyrics and dare to believe that the Jesus who defeated death is the same Jesus here today that we worship who wants to defeat all of the areas of death in your life that exist today. Okay, he does. And the song is Do It Again. It's a powerful song about testimony. It's a powerful song that if God did that before, then he's the same God who's here today and he's the same God who sees your future. He's the God who wants to, to bring the dead things in your life back to life. He will do it again. This is what it says. Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall but you have never failed me yet. Waiting for change to come, knowing the battles won, for you have never failed me yet. It's speaking to the walls in your life to come down. The chorus says, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me me yet. I know the night won't last. Your word will come to pass. My heart will sing your praise again. Jesus, you're still enough. Keep me within your love. My heart will sing your praise again. I am asking you to all stand together as we worship. 
And I am, I am praying that God would, would, would send his spirit to you in a powerful way in this moment so that whatever it is that you're pretty sure you've run out of the, the ability to believe that he wants to change in your life, that you'd grab a hold of the spirit that is tangible in this room and say, God, if you did it before, you're going to do it again. You're going to do it again. Sing out in faith. Sing out in faith that, that, that the God who raised Jesus from the dead is the same God who is alive and active right here today in your life. Be transformed into his image and watch him do it again. Oh, good morning. I am Carol Price. Hey, hey. I'm Carol Price, and uh, I've been asked to give a little bit of um, my story and how God is working in my life. I got to tell you, I'm nervous. This is not my comfort spot, but I really feel it's important when we share how God is working in our lives, how it gives glory to him, and who am I to withhold that glory from him? And also, when I hear your testimonies, it is really, really comforting and inspiring to me, and I don't want to hold that out on you either. So my story begins in the end of December, beginning of January. I began hearing from the Lord, seek ye first the kingdom and go back to your first love. Really didn't do much with it, but then we started the Reset series. And I've had a lot of aha light bulb moments. And every time I came to church, every message, no matter who was speaking it, I always felt is it, it was if God was speaking directly to me in every message. And because of that, my belief in God and who he says he is and what he says he will do is really being solidified. It's being enlightened, it's becoming more tangible, and it's an increase of my faith. I am gaining a sense of peace that no matter what happens, he is in it with me, he is for me, and that he loves me. There is a movement in my spirit that no matter what happens, he, oh, I, Okay, sorry, let me go back. There's a, mo a movement in my spirit that I really cannot explain at this time. I just feel this real tremendous stirring inside of me. And my prayer life is increasing. It feels more powerful. I'm recognizing the idols in my life, and I'm working on removing them with repentance and thanksgiving, knowing that they will no longer hold any power over me. There is this overwhelming love that is growing inside of me for the body. And it's not to say that I was always loving the body because I have been loving you. It's just growing and it's really beautiful. And I'm active in reading scripture and I'm not just reading it to read it and to get it checked off my list, but I'm reading it and really letting it take hold of my life. And I am simply being overwhelmed by him. And I believe he's going to do it again and again and again in each and every one of you. As I was praying for you guys this week, I had this thought come to me that as we grab hold of who we are in Christ and the invitation that he has for us, we get to let go of who we were never meant to be. It's time to start thinking thoughts that Holy Spirit wants to say yes to, to say amen to with a smile. For you to say yes to the promises and the permissions on your life and really go for it. But sometimes that means letting your guard down to be real. And sometimes that also means to unlearn the things that we think that we have figured out.
when God is moving on our lives, we get to step into more and what that means to reset, to start fresh with Jesus and to realize that this life is meant to be lived with all of us together. We've been thinking about the mind and our thoughts, but let our mindsets go up to think like heaven rather than dragging us through the dirt. So know right now that he sees you right where you are. And the invitation of his hand and his smile is for you. So will you take it? Will you reset with him? Now around the room, there's people that would love to pray for you and be in that space with you, but don't feel like you have to go to them. All of you are ministers and we're a family. So if Holy Spirit is moving on your life right now or moving in this moment and you feel like you wanna to go to somebody for prayer, go for it. But I also encourage you to take the courage and step out. And if God is giving you a word for somebody or to go pray for somebody, do that too. God has dropped gifts and talents and abilities in who you are. There's treasure in you. And sometimes we need to be reminded of how amazing each and every one of you are. But don't let it stop here. God wants to show you that there's more and he wants to do it with you and with all of us. And so I would encourage you to say yes to coming next week to the Good Friday service at Mark Lerup's house. And just remember who God is and what he did for you and how together we're meant to bring heaven to earth. And then on Sunday, a lot of times Easter is seen as this time to try to get people to fill seats. But here at the edge, we wanna get you out there. And so we would love for you to invite somebody here to the service and things for Easter, but not to fill a seat. What we want is people to come here to encounter, have a real encounter with Jesus. And we, we all need that. And so as God is removing things out of us and rebuilding things and pouring in, it's also really good to give. And sometimes that comes through service. I, I know a good handful of you love to like work with your hands. And so there's actually an opportunity coming up on April 26th and 27th for rebuilding together and where they restore and rebuild homes for communities and also have impacted people's lives. So if you're interested, there's more information on your sheet and you can sign up online at edgeofwarrior.com. I would just encourage you to say yes and show up because you never know what can happen when you just show up someplace and just be with people. So lastly, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's no plates that have been passed around the service forgiving, but we do believe in radical generosity and kingdom building. So if you would love to give, there's a box in the back you can give back there or at edgeaurora.com online. And as always, we love you. As church, we're a family. Have a wonderful Sunday. Drive safe, stay warm, stay out of the snow. <laughs>